0: Right here at ninety-four point one FM and KPFA.org. You're listening to KPFA, KPFB in Berkeley, KFCF in Fresno, and online at KPFA.org. It's three o'clock. Stay with us for cover to cover with Jennifer Stone. Uh-huh. Jennifer Stone with Stone's Throw. Today is June the 6th, 2006. And I want to talk to you today about one of my heroes, one of my favorite women, one of the uh, heroes of the 60s. She's 77 now. Uh, I thought people had forgotten about her. Yes, I thought people had forgotten about my favorite hero. Uh, Oriana Fallaci. Now, uh the New Yorker of 5th June has an article titled The Agitator by M- Margaret Talbot. Right. Ah, yes. She says that Oriana had a mythic sense of political evil. You got it. uh Anyway, I grabbed off the shelf last night a collection of Oriana's Uh, Essays, Interview with History. These essays were published 1976. And the little book, I've kept it for years. It's called Letter to a Child Never Born. It's an argument for the, well, the termination of pregnancies. Uh, In her particular case, it was the child who decided not to be born. But in any case, uh, I tried to give it to women who seem to be struggling with this question of whether or not to bring another soul onto the planet. Uh hmm looking at the article let me give you just a little background and oh a little orientation uh right uh she's gorgeous she's so pretty yes the agitator it says Oriana Fallaci directs her fury toward Islam oops i was going to say uh before I start I must do a disclaimer. All kinds of people don't like Oriana Fallaci. <laughs> she is not politically correct. Mm, she doesn't uh like dogs. Here it says yes she uh she's what I would call what is that? Um uh, She's a contradiction. Uh maybe because she's now 77 some of these things Uh, can be written off her eccentricities that sort of thing she disapproves uh, firmly of flamboyant male homosexuals and she certainly uh, dislikes fat women yes (laughs) that worried me when I first read it and I thought oh well so do I disapprove of them every time I look in the mirror I say to myself potato too much comfort food yes the last addiction anyway Oriana Fallaci also distrusts immigrants. She's having a fit about that. Ah, uh, uh, yes, um, many, many articles criticizing her, but whatever her faults, she's got what I admire more than anything else in women, and that is, ah, oh, big mouth, breakneck courage, audacity, honesty, all the qualities that women must lose if they want to become womanly, that is, suppressed, silent, soft, or at least quiet. My father used to laugh and quote King Lear, speaking of his favorite daughter Cordelia. Yes, he said, her voice was ever soft, gentle, and low. An excellent thing in woman. Cracked me up. In any case, Oriana uh, Fallaci's novel, That Letter to a Child Never Born, is a tragic monologue in which she takes on that dilemma as old as consciousness, that is, whether to give life or deny it. Uh, I wish I, maybe I can take a whole show sometime and read you that. I think when the Uh, abortion issue comes crashing down on us again, it might help. So many women seem to have confusions in their mind about uh, that issue. I just keep saying, if you don't believe in abortion, don't have one. The issue is, of course, freedom. Uh, What I'm fascinated with was um, her technique, her interview technique. I wish I had the balls to do this, yes. Her Robert Shear. He said, after interviewing her for Playboy in 1981, he said, for the first time in my life, I found myself feeling sorry for the likes of Khomeini, Gaddafi, the Shah of Iran, and Kissinger, all of whom had been the objects of her wrath. Yes. ah, uh, She said she interviewed them with a thousand feelings of rage. Ah. Uh. She never left her subjects unskinned. Her manner of interviewing was unsettling. She approached the encounter with studied aggressiveness. She made frequent nods to European existentialism, disarming her subjects with bald questions about death, God, and pity. Now, it didn't hurt that she was petite beautiful, straight, smooth hair that she wore parted in the middle or in pigtails, melancholy blue-gray eyes set off by eyeliner, a cigarette-cured voice, and an adorable Italian accent. Yes, she was born in Florence in 1928. During the Vietnam War, she was sometimes photographed in fatigues and a helmet. Her rucksack bore handwritten instructions to return her body to the Italian ambassador, if KIA, that is, killed in action. In these images, she looked as slight and vulnerable as a child. When she was shot in 1968 while reporting on the student demonstrations in Mexico City, uh, and then confined by the police with the wounded and the dying on one floor of an apartment building, the first impulse of all the students around her was to protect her. Her essential toughness never stopped taking people, especially men, by surprise. Now, let's see. Her journalism, Italian magazine, uh, Europe, right. Uh, that's it. The writer Vivian Gornet put put it. Yeah, that's it. The mythic sense of political evil. That's what I put at the top of this article. I guess I have always had that mythic sense of political evil. I like to look at the dramatists uh, to find it represented there, you know, Shakespeare, the Greeks. Anyway, uh, Falaci has an almost adolescent aversion to power. Now, that certainly su- suited the temperament of the 1960s. Uh, this collection of interviews that I have here has a preface. 1976, that book came out, uh, Q&A preface. It says, um, hmm, she's talking about power. Whether it comes from a despotic sovereign or an elected president, from a murderous general or a beloved leader, I see power as an inhuman and hateful phenomenon. I have always looked on disobedience toward the oppressive as the only way to use the miracle of having been born. Yes, I remember all those years ago when women were trying to sort out those feelings we had about power and love. I always kept saying, well, you see, as long as women prefer love to power, they will be uh, controlled, oppressed. It's so difficult because, you know, most of us, most women, were taught that power was nasty... We can't wait to give it away. (laughs) Anyway, uh, in Falaci's interview with Henry Kissinger, she told him that he had become known as Nixon's mental wet nurse. Hmm, I wonder if that would go for Cheney today. Maybe not. Nixon's mental wet nurse. Yes. Cheney and Bush. Anyway, uh, She lured him into boasting that Americans admired him, Kissinger, because he always acted alone. Yes, quote, uh, like the cowboy who leads the wagon train by riding ahead alone on his horse. The cowboy who rides all alone into the town. Political cartoonists mercilessly lampooned this remark. And according to Kissinger's memoirs, the quote soured his relations with Nixon. Uh, Nixon claimed that she had taken his words out of context, naturally. The most remarkable moment in that interview, the one with Kissinger, uh, came when Falachi bluntly asked him about Vietnam. Don't you find, Dr. Kissinger, that it's been a useless war? Unquote. Kissinger began his reply with the words, On this, I can agree. Now, Falati's interview with Khomeini, that's the Ayatollah, yes, appeared in the Times on October 7th, 1979, soon after the Iranian Revolution. Ah, yes, 1979. Anybody still remember those days? Jimmy Carter, yes. Um, This is the most exhilarating example of her pugilistic approach, that is, the interview with Khomeini. Frilachi had traveled, uh, yes, she tried to secure an interview with Khomeini, and when she got there, she had to wait ten days before he received her. She followed the instructions from the new Islamist regime, She arrived at the Ayatollah's home barefoot and wrapped in a shador. Hmm, Barefoot. Hmm. Almost immediately, she unleashed a barrage of questions about the closing of opposition newspapers, the treatment of uh, Iran's Kurdish minority, the summary executions performed by his new regime. When Khomeini defended these practices noting that some of the people killed had been brutal servants of the Shah. Falaji demanded, is it right to shoot the poor prostitute, or a woman who is unfaithful to her husband, or a man who loves another man? The Ayatollah answered with a pair of remorseless metaphors, if your finger suffers from gangrene, what do you do? Do you let the whole hand and then the body become filled with gangrene or do you cut the finger off? What brings corruption to an entire country and its people must be pulled up like the weeds that infest a field of wheat. (laughs) End quote. (laughs) I wonder if there are still people on our planet who think that way. What do you think, folks? Anyway, this is a little bit more of the article. Falaci uh, continued posing these indignant questions about the treatment of women in the new Islamic state. She asked Khomeini why uh, the women were compelled to, quote, hide themselves all bundled up when they had proved their equal stature by helping to bring about the Islamic revolution. For replied that the women who, quote, contributed to the revolution were and are women with the Islamic dress, unquote. He said they weren't women like fallachi who go around all uncovered, dragging behind them a tail, T-A-I-L, T-A-I-L, yes, a tail of men, unquote, yes, A few minutes later, Fallaci asked a more insolent question. How do you swim in a shador? Khomeini snapped. Our customs are none of your business. If you do not like Islamic dress, you are not obliged to wear it, because Islamic dress is for good and proper young women. Fallaci saw an opening and charged in. Oh, that's very kind of you, imam. And since you said so, well, I'm going to take off this stupid medieval rag right now. She yanked off her shador. (laughs) Oh, yes. In a recent uh, email, Falachi told me that Khomeini, uh, at that point, uh, yes, he was the one who acted offended. He got up like a cat, as agile as a cat. An agility I would never expect in a man as old as he was. And he left me. In fact, I had to wait for 24 or was it 48 hours to see him again and conclude the interview. When Khomeini let her return, his son Ahmed gave Falachi some advice. His father, he said, was still very angry. So she'd better not even mention the word Shador. Falachi turned the tape recorder back on and immediately revisited the subject. First, he looked at me in astonishment, she said. Total astonishment. Then his lips moved in a shadow of a smile and then the shadow of a smile became a real smile and finally it became a laugh. He laughed, yes. And when the interview was over, Ahmed, the son... Ahmed whispered to me, Believe me, I never saw my father laugh. I think you are the only person in this world who made him laugh. Falaci recalled that she found Khomeini intelligent. and quote, The most handsome old man I had ever met in my life. He resembled the Moses sculpted by Michelangelo. Uh, She said that Khomeini was not a puppet, not like Arafat or Gaddafi or the many other dictators I met in the Islamic world. He was a sort of pope, a sort of king, a real leader. But it did not take long to realize that in spite of his quiet appearance, he represented the Robespierre or the Lenin of something which would go very far and which would poison the world. People loved him too much. They saw in him another prophet, worse, a god. Yes, that is Fallaci's judgment that uh, Khomeini's, well, the Islamic revolution there poisoned the world. Um, She sees it as like the fascism of the 40s, Upon leaving Khomeini's house after her first interview, Falachi was besieged by Iranians who wanted to touch her because she'd been in the Ayatollah's presence. She recalled, the sleeves of my shirt were all torn off, my slacks too, she recalled. Yes, my arms were full of bruises, my hands too. Do believe me, everything started with Khomeini. Without Khomeini, we would not be where we are today. What a pity that when pregnant with him, his mother did not choose to have an abortion. Yes, Falachi is full of rage, is she not? Um. <laughs> this is so interesting. She says that the Western world today is in danger of being engulfed by radical Islam. Since uh, September 11th, 2001, She has written three short, angry books advancing this argument. Uh, Two of them, The Rage and the Pride and The Force of Reason, these have been translated into idiosyncratic English by Falacci herself. She has had difficult relationships with translators in the past. The third book, The Apocalypse, was recently published in Europe in a volume that also includes a lengthy self-interview. She writes that Muslim immigration is turning Europe into a colony of Islam, an abject place that she calls Eurabia. Wow, that's an interesting word. I got to put that in my little book. Eurabia. Oh, that recalls Orwell. You remember Orwell's 1984 when he describes, let's see, Eurasia and Oceania, all these... New um, combos, uh, whole chunks of the world that have sort of uh, combined and, you know, shuffled around. She says it will end up with uh, minarets in place of the bell towers, with the burqa in place of the miniskirt and so on and so on. Uh, she says that Islam has always had designs on Europe. She invoked the siege of Constantinople in the 7th century and the brutal incursions of the Ottoman Empire in the 14th and 15th century. Footnote here, I remember reading, yes, uh, again and again, W.B. Yeats, the long poem of vision, every millennium, every thousand years, we switch from east to west and back again. Who knows? Who knows? Ah. Uh. In any case, as Falaci sees it, the art of invading and conquering and subjugating is the only art at which the sons of Allah have always excelled. Italy, unlike America, has never been a melting pot or a mosaic of uh, diversities glued together by a citizenship. Because our cultural identity has been well defined for thousands of years, we cannot bear a migratory wave of people who have nothing to do with us, who, on the contrary, aim to absorb us. And she goes on to say some really very unkind things about the immigrants who are coming into Italy. According to Fallaci, Europeans, particularly those on the political left, uh, subject people, yes, who criticize Muslim customs uh, to a double standards, yes. If you speak your mind, she says... Well, now, I see here she's got it all confused. Uh, if you speak your mind, she says on the Vatican, on the Catholic Church, on the Pope, on the Virgin Mary or Jesus or the saints, nobody touches your right of thought and expression, but if you do the same with Islam, the Koran, the Prophet Muhammad, some son of Allah, you are called a xenophobic blasphemer who has committed an act of racial discrimination. If you kick the ass of a Chinese or an Eskimo or a Norwegian who has hissed at you in obscenity, nothing happens. Uh, On the contrary, you get a well-done good for you. But if under the same circumstances you kick the ass of an Algerian or a Moroccan or a Nigerian or a Sudanese, you get lynched. It's amazing to me that Valachi is still safe. I think she's living, yes, she's living mostly, she lives in New York, she lives in Florence. Anyway, the rhetoric... Uh, of Falachi's trilogy is intentionally intentionally intemperate and frequently offensive. In her first volume she writes that Muslims breed like rats. In the second she writes that this statement was a little brutal. (laughs) Okay. She's 77. Does that mean we forgive her? Uh, Her political views are often expressed in the language of disgust. She complains, yes, oh dear. Actually, I think you'll have to read this for yourself. I I hesitate to read it on the the radio because, uh, yes, uh, she even says things, well, never mind, never mind, the Sistine Chapel, yes, profaning the Sistine Chapel, well, they haven't done that that I know of, anyway. The woman has had cancer for more than a decade. She's at a strange place in her life. Much of the Italian intelligentsia now shun her. The German press have been highly critical. They called her an ignorantissima, (laughs) an exhibitionist posing as the Joan of Arc of the West. A fashionable gallery in Milan recently showed a large portrait of her, beheaded. I have no doubt. I have no doubt. Okay. There was a reply to one of those books, The Rage and the Pride, yes, by Umberto Eco, which did not um, mention her by name, but denounced her cultural chauvinism and called for tolerance. Um... Uh, he wrote, we are a pluralistic society because we permit mosques to be built in our own home. We cannot give this up just because uh, in Kabul they put evangelical Christians in jail. If we did, we would become Taliban ourselves. Anyway, Falachi has repeatedly fallen afoul of some of Europe's strict laws against uh, vilifying religions or inciting racial hatred. Uh, anyway, this goes on at great length. Uh, obviously, this woman is not out there making friends, uh, although she still may be influencing people. We just don't know. Uh, yes, she owns an apartment in Florence. She has an estate in the Tuscan countryside, but most of the time she's in New York. She leads a fairly solitary life and spends most of her time visiting doctors. Uh, hmm, rare public appearance. Uh She smokes little brown Nat Sherman cigarettes. She believes that cigarettes, that smoking, disinfects her. Okay, I got her number. (laughs) Limited but fascinating, fascinating woman. What I would like to read in the few minutes that I have left, just a few minutes, is a passage from her book, Letter to a Child Never Born. Once again, this is Jennifer Stone telling you about... Uh, a completely, completely interesting, bizarre woman called Oriana Falacci, the interviewer from hell. She's this fabulous, chic little Italian uh, coming to the end of her life now. And uh, the collection of essays is called Interview with History. And uh, from Kissinger to Khomeini to Golda is the best one, that is, I would, uh, yes, Call that her feminist spin. I'm going to take her as a feminist, maybe not as an internationalist. Or uh, She dedicates the essays to my mother, Tosca Falaci, and to all those who do not like power. <laughs> yes, Willie Brandt, Yasser Arafat. If you find any of the collections of her essays and her more recent books, check them out. I would go to the old stuff, back in the 60s when she was what we call... Uh, uh, on target. Nowadays, she's kind of off, off, she's not getting to the heart of things. Uh Let me read you this little passage from her book called Letter to a Child Never Born, which I remember came to me as a great shock when I was young. Uh She questions the realities of love. She says one day, yes, she was in a bad mood, and she's pregnant. And uh, so she calls the father of this child, and uh, he mentions money. What money, I asked. The money to get rid of it, of course. Yes, he actually said get rid of it, as though you were a parcel. She's talking to the baby in her womb. Okay, uh. He ended by saying that we could each pay half the expense. After all, we are both guilty. I suddenly felt nauseated. I was ashamed for him and I hung up thinking that once I had loved him. Loved him, she goes on talking to her child. One day you and I will have to have a little talk about this business called love. I still don't understand what it's all about. My guess is that it's just a gigantic hoax invented to keep people quiet and diverted. Everyone talks about love. The priests, the advertising posters, the literati, the politicians, those of them who do make love. Speaking of love and offering it as a panacea for every tragedy, they wound and betray and kill us, both body and soul. And then she goes on to admit that while she may have desired the child's father, The more she thinks about it, she's afraid she never loved him. Check out this book. Uh, This is a fascinating woman. Uh, I would like to see films made about her. Her name is Oriana Falacci. Read her early works first. This has been Jennifer Stone. I'll be back on the air to talk about movies, especially water. That's Thursday morning at 8.20, till then go easy, and if you can't go easy, go as easy as you can. Hi, I'm Maria Marquez here to tell you about two afternoons of live jazz presented by Berkeley's Jazz School at the Live Oak Park Fair June 10th and 11th. This event also features 125 artists and artisans, fabulous food, and a free shuttle from North Berkeley BART to take the strain off parking. I'll be performing at 3 30 on Saturday and would love to have you there with me. The hours of the